How obligated are we? So many of our women struggle with obligation, whether we realize it or not. We feel like we just have to because people need us or it's our mom or it's our dad or, you know, we don't want to hurt their feelings or, you know, this need to make everybody be okay with us or that we are thinking we owe them some type of thing, which we often do not. I find it more often than not. And today I want to tell you one or two stories of madness that I cannot believe women feel obligated about, sometimes even to guys, parents, everything. Let's talk about it because you might be in a really hard situation for no good reason. And let's talk about how you can get out of it or you can do it better. Let's go. Welcome back to the Mindful Muslim Speaks podcast. I'm your host, Mindful Muslim, coming to you every week on all the stuff we deal with as Muslim women. SubhanAllah, Alhamdulillah, there's so many things, so many things that nobody talks about. And I want to talk about them. And one of them is obligations. Like, when can I tell my parents no? When, but mind you, parents listen to this podcast, so I'm very aware. <laughs> and I'm a mother. I'm a mother. My oldest is like 20-something. I have grandkids, so like, I get it. And I have young, young, young ones too. But we have to get into this, this thing of like, well, what does Islam actually say? And like, where am I actually obligated? Where am I actually not. It could be to parents, it could be to guys, it could be whatever. So here on the podcast, we talk about what's real, but we also do it without compromising our deen. Um, so what I want to say to you guys today is I've been talking to a lot of you guys about um, how to better phrase questions. Um, I met over the over the weekend, yeah, over Saturday, with a lot of sisters in regards to asking questions. You know, some of us think we're in a bad situation because, you know, that's just the way it is. I've done everything I've could. Lo and behold, no, we haven't. We just don't do it the right way or we don't, we think we're doing it right or we're actually not even sure. So we're just winging it, like all that stuff. It's got to stop. It gets us in crazy situations. For example, over the weekend, I'm in the uh, the spouse interview challenge, and I'm talking to them about to the sisters about what are the questions you're going to ask guys, right? What are the questions you're going to ask guys? And sisters are well, or what are the um, non-negotiables? Excuse me. And how are you going to turn those non-negotiables into questions? We started that conversation. So women have amazing non-negotiables. I want them to have a growth mindset. I want them to have this. I want them to have that. But then when I'm like, okay, cool, how are you going to find out if he has that? Then they're like, mm, well, and then they start to come up with questions, but they're not that strong. Some sisters were, but many were just doing this for the first time, never thought at it about this level. So I just want to say that's something similar with obligation. You know, every single day we're waking up going like, um, yeah, I got to do this thing because, you know, I've already invested so much time. People are depending on me. Everybody knows about it. Like all this, this stuff that we do. And I need to just set the record straight for a couple things. But going back to that whole thing about the guys and like what I want and then how are you going to ask the right questions to figure out if he is going to meet those standards. And then on top of that, 
you know, how do you look for those answers in him? How do you actually be like, oh, like, is he telling the truth? He not, whatever. So I've been covering this forever. And these are some of the most favorite things that you guys tell me. So Jazekla here for all the love you guys have been giving me tons of DMs, thanking me for helping you come up with your personal questions, which is exactly what I'm doing. I'm going to do something similar again during the challenge. The actual challenge is on days um, 16, 17, 18 of June. Right now we've been doing like pre-bonus for all the ladies. I, I always give extra stuff to ladies who were like really trying to learn and they show up early. That's what these ladies got. And I was there answering all their questions. I'm going to dive even deeper during the challenge. If you do want to be a part of that, definitely DM me because it's only this week. This is probably my last one, my last workshop like this for the year on guy help. And I literally sat there and was like, give me your stuff. I'll answer you right here. And I gave all personal answers to individual women right on the spot. So if you want that help and support, please. And this is part of that stuff of like, we think we know what we're doing. Please, ladies, don't do this alone. Don't wing it. This is a very serious thing. This is the father of your kids. This is somewhere where I'm trying to present help, but I can't give it to you if you don't take it. So the link is down below or you can DM me. All right. So I'm going to do this pretty quickly. I have one or two stories to share, and I'm going to link it into obligation and how you can understand if you're maybe going a little too far or you're doing a little something more than you really need to, or you might be putting yourself in a really bad situation, for example. Um, I deal with women all the time from all over the world, um, and I'm not going to say any names. I'm not going to say any countries, but I've had at least five to ten conversations similar to this because I talk to a lot of women. I do consultation calls in 100-plus countries. It's really actually interesting. I've learned so much about our people doing these things and how much like we all are really in need for everything we talk about on here. And I'm really, really grateful that I get to meet with you guys. And so this story comes out of a sister. I'm going to keep her nameless. Um, but this story is like, like I said, five to 10 sisters had this similar story. So I'm going to tell, I had to pick one, but they're all kind of very similar. Um, this sister calls me up and she's devastated pretty much about her current marriage. Um, she's not married that long. She's married maybe with a week, maybe a week, two weeks, not too long. That's a, that's a pretty short amount of time. That's usually like the best time of your life, actually. That's usually the time where you're like the happiest. That's usually before everybody's taking their masks off, right? Everybody's gotten a little too comfortable, throwing their stuff around the house, making the bathroom dirty, irritating you. Like usually the first one to two weeks is actually still kind of quote unquote bliss, right? But it's already a disaster. And you know why? Because this sister knew she saw stuff beforehand and ignored it, like in the process of whatever. And so this goes back to obligation because I'm going to link in parents here. I'm going to link into um, community here, extended aunties and everybody else. So Lowen, like, long story short, this sister basically was trying to find a guy. And she did it through the internet, which is what people are doing these days. And I, I talk about this a lot. I, in, the, um, in the course that I have, the Muslim Marriage Lab, I actually teach how to deal with internet stuff. Because I know it's a real fuzzy area for people. Um, but I go into it in detail. And so subhanAllah, she had done what she did. She wasn't in our classes. She did this all on her own, right? Just winging it. And she does it. She sees stuff feels a little worried about it, goes to her mom and sister, and they're like, look, you know, you're a big girl now. you got to make a decision. If you notice he's not doing this or he's doing that, then you got to think about it. And then her, her response was like, well, maybe I can help him. Maybe, like, my dean is strong. She was raised in a, in a good family, like, in terms of, like, religion and dean support. So she's like, I could help him out. But the thing is, when we got on the phone, her and I, we didn't realize his problem is very, very deep. And I want to talk to women who are married right now, too, 
because this is a, a problem I get a lot of times with married women. I actually had married women call me about the very same thing. Um, and so this girl is early in the marriage, but there are women who have a lot of marriage similar to this who are like already married. So if you're already married, stay with me here because um, this could be important to you. So here's the thing. He doesn't pray at all. I've had at least in the past month had 20 different women tell me their husbands or new husbands don't pray or a guy they want to marry doesn't pray like at all, like or hardly, maybe little. Ladies, that is not okay to marry him. Now, she married him anyway. A lot of women call me up. They're, they're married to their husbands anyway. Unfortunately, this happens a lot with reverts. I have a lot of reverts that they, 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 their husbands draw them to the dean for whatever reason. They end up falling in love with the dean only to wake up and find their husbands not as practicing as they thought. Now, here's the thing about that, ladies. It's not the end of the world. I'm not telling you to abandon your husband. Never, right? We're always supposed to try our best first, especially if you're already married to preserve that marriage and see what can be done. But if long-term he's not going to pray, you cannot stay with him, according to scholars. And I want you to go to an imam and talk to an imam about that. And that's the other thing about imams. Love imams and sheikhs and all that they do for the community. But for some reason, sometimes women go and they don't say the right thing to them. And then they get the wrong answer. Or sometimes the sheikh is like very short with the sister and doesn't hear the full story and gives her an ultimatum before she's even spoken. And I know this because I talked to many women and I've talked to the sheikh myself. And I understand, you know, you're in the Western world and, and behind the scenes, a lot of sheikh are like, oh my goodness, what's happening? We were not prepared for the nonsense that happens in the Western world. Like there they are sitting in Medina, Al-Azhar, and then they have to come to the West and see madness. Like I have stories of women who were like thrown downstairs, pregnant, abused, babies out of wedlock, da, da, da. And then they come to the sheikh and they have to, and the sheikh is like, oh my goodness, like what is going on over here in the West? Like, because the Muslims, some Muslims, they step away from their deen. Then they end up drawing some non-Muslim sister in. There's all kind of nonsense happening. Let's just keep it real. And so I'm sorry for that. And, and for all the women that experience these things, actually, you know, like this is not Islam. And that's why I'm so passionate about Islam because once you find out what Islam really is, it is beautiful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made the most perfect deen where the West and the, their ideologies, when you compare them to what we were given 1400 years ago and beyond in terms of the the things of Ibrahim, all the other prophets, like it is intensely amazing and perfect. And so there's nothing more we need. But a lot of us, we're not seeing the real Islam from, from society, right? Even our own people. So anyway, long story short, this girl ends up realizing right before she gets married that this guy's not that great for her. She's more religious than him and he might actually drag her down. But guess what? She feels obligated. Well, everybody already knows. We kind of announced it. My mom knows. We all paid the money. Da, 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 da. I've had so many women call me like this. And then she said, I got to go through with it. And then she does. Calls me up two weeks into marriage. Realized that her, her iman is plummeting. It's on its way down. She's cannot talk to him. He's not even trying to listen to her on Dean. Like she didn't realize it's not, she thought she's going to help him, but he's not even listening. He's not even interested. It's going nowhere. What a problem. Now it all goes back down to that moment in her heart and in her mind where she realized something was wrong. Alhamdulillah wasn't going to be good for her. And yet she went through with it anyway. That moment was pivotal for her. Now she's in a relationship where she's in a lot of trouble. Now, 
one thing that I really encourage women to do is learn these signs way before you get to that point, the point where you've like announced it to everyone, everybody knows, like you just put yourself in a really tough spot there, right? But if you learned it too, like she, she had seen some stuff, but she missed a lot more stuff. Like she missed the stuff that was like, he's not even approachable. She thought she could still fix it. She should have realized that from before. If she had asked the right things, looked for the right things, noticed the flags and all that stuff. But she didn't know how to do that. Nobody taught her. And so she is here virtually in, in, in distress, complete distress. And now she's supposed to leave one country, go to the other and live with him there forever. And so she's having a bit of a freak out moment, right? And like, understandably so down to how obligated am I to follow through on something I've told everyone I'm going to do when I've realized it's not good for me. You see, that's the beauty of istikhara, right? If she made istikhara, which she did, and she, all of a sudden she has these feelings, but then you ignore them. You know, like, so ladies, I want to say this. You are not forced to marry anyone that you don't feel comfortable marrying. You're allowed to notice something that's off at the last minute and shut things down. Yes, is that pressure because your parents and the, and the community and everybody's going to talk about you? I have a little message for you. Everybody's going to talk about you anyway. If you're a person who cares about people being happy with you and talking about you, you're going to have a really hard life. That is my mom, tough love 101. I'm the big hala here. Okay, I have a lot of kids and I'm uh, almost like surrogate mother to women all over the world here that are calling me up. I have to give you the tough love. I always say on this podcast, put your big girl boots on. Like, let's go. Be a woman now. You think you're a woman? Well, this is part of it. It hurts. It's rough. Not everybody's happy with you all the time. But here's how you know if you're doing the right thing. Ask yourself, what would a law say? See, get the measuring stick of your culture off because that's usually what the trip up is. It's the Western measurement or my measurement of whatever back home. Right? I don't care if you're like Pakistani, Egyptian, Bosnian. I don't care what you are. You have something that has been messaged to you from your culture. It may or may not be from Islam. You have to know. Because if you don't know, you can't make a good decision. So basically like this. If my parents told me right now I don't have to wear hijab, and in fact they want me to take it off to find a guy, I know already that that's wrong because in my, let's pretend in my culture, having hijab isn't good. You put it on when you're married. There's a lot of cultures that say that, that it's a hundred percent wrong. You find the guy and then you put hijab once you're married and you be with him. Okay. What, who made that up? Where's the dalil? Where's the ruling on that? That I put my hijab later? Who said that? I see this a lot. So if that's the case, my parents tell me that I do not have to answer them. I do not have to be obligated to listen to them. I put my hijab on and I live freely. They might be mad at me. Everybody's going to be like, oh, you're never going to find someone. That's because they're living in a dunya perspective. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves the believer. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, and I told you this many times, do you think I will help the believer the same way I'll help the non-believer as in the one who's not practicing Islam? We have Muslims who practice, Muslims who don't really practice everything or hardly anything, right? He's not going to help us the same. He's al-adil, he's the most just. So my suggestion to you, is that before you wonder who you're obligated to and start worrying about, find out what the obligation really is, okay? So if you don't like a guy, he's not attracted to you, you're not attracted to him, you don't have to marry him just because your mom wants you to or just because your cousins say he comes from a good family. And that's another one. What does good family really mean, quote unquote? Because I've had guys who are from good families and they don't even pray. They're from good families and they drink, what does good family mean? Well, it means, you know, in the community, you know, everybody knows them. They're good people. You know, they've never harmed anyone. They've, this is not the standards of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Good for them. They didn't harm anyone or they're from a good family or they're reputable or they have halal business. Good for them. 
They can also have bad qualities. So can I. So can you. At the end of the day, it's about the big picture. It's not about other people's opinions of that family. Because just because their family's good doesn't mean that guy is a good husband. You feel me? Now, I wasn't going to throw this one in, but I am going to do it for the married women that are listening. You're with your husband. He's not as practicing as he should be. Maybe he doesn't even pray. What do you do? Well, of course, the husband usually don't like you to go talk to anybody about that. That's his private problem. He likes to keep it that way. But day in and day out, and it's eating you alive. You see, these things could have all been avoided by going through the process of looking for the guy the right way. That's why I'm passionate about that. But for the women who are already married, there's help for you too, right? A lot of times what I teach inside of the school in terms of marriage boost is the first thing I like to say is before women give up on their marriage, right? They should be looking at what is what are the rights? Am I giving him his rights? Is he giving me my rights? Are we um, you know, doing things right together, pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And once you explore that and then then you can go into things a way to connect more intimate to like intimacy, love and all that stuff. And I teach all that, for example, in a different course, in a marriage boost course, when I've done that for years. So you try your best, right? But there's a point sometimes where you have to go and get help. And that's one thing I talk to women about a lot, which is how to get that help, right? And what to do next. When I do the consultation calls, they come on, we renew intention, we talk about what they need to, um, you know, um, accomplish within the call. They tell me their scenario, I ask some clarifying questions, and we talk about next steps. And that's how it goes. And at the end of the day, you're entitled to get help. You don't have to stay in this situation. But what my suggestion is, is you avoid it to begin with. The last story I'm going to tell you today, another sister I can't tell you about her, um, she had just an intense amount of obligation that was told to her by guys, you know, friends. You know, you have to do this or you have to do that. She had gone to uni and she had this understanding that, you know, like because this particular guy had contacted her, it would be like completely rude according to her friends to just leave him hanging. But she had all this bad feelings. Like I really shouldn't be contacting him. I'm dead up. I know I really shouldn't be texting him, answering him, but I kind of like feel bad. Like I want, I don't want him to feel bad. I, I want him to like think all of a sudden I just like dropped him and, you know, he didn't do anything wrong to me. Do you see this logic right here? It's completely backwards. Yes, it makes sense if you're listening. Like, oh, yeah, you know what? Yeah, he didn't do anything to you. Yeah, yeah. According to a, a kafir, can I just be frank? That's kafir mentality. We are Muslims. That's the non-believer mentality. We don't run our life like that. <laughs> there was... um. There was one guy, I'm not going to say his name on Instagram, and he was talking about how people are saying, love is love. You know, anyone can love anyone. Anyone can anything. anything. Everything was so free, free to be like, the rules are just like, do what makes sense. Do what feels right. Like, this is the same thing with this. Like, oh, you know, his feelings, my feelings. We're just trying to, like, wing it, right? And he was like, if love is love, then water is water. So go drink some toilet water. It's the same water, right? You're like, ew, that's nasty. He's like, Exactly. He's like, not everything is everything. Not everything is free to be figured out on your own. There's actually rules that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said. Allah said, when there are two alone, shaitan is the third. So what are you doing? Why are you acting like you owe him something? He's a stranger. So for girls that feel obligated to guys, they don't hurt their feelings. You know what you do? Says you just say, you know what? I realize if he's a, sometimes he's a Muslim, sometimes he's a non-Muslim. If he's a Muslim, you're going to be like, listen, I woke up and I realized I shouldn't be doing this. Straight blank. And, and so like... Nothing personal to you, but, like, I really wish you well. You're a great person. If ever in the future, you know, something – if you get to that point where it's, like, almost love between you, like, whatever going to be, like, um, you know, gonna, we could marry each other, like, definitely, definitely, you can contact my dad. Here's his number. But I really am unable to continue this conversation because I know it's not really permissible and I don't feel like Allah's going to bless any of it. Block. 
Assalamu alaikum. Block. You got to block him because you know he's going to say something back and then you're going to say something back and then it's never going to stop. And that's what Shaitan does. You got to block him after that. I know that sounds harsh, but you're not. That's the thing is you don't owe him anything. You feel obligated, but you're not. This is part of that thing. You know what I'm saying? And so alhamdulillah, ladies, we have to protect ourselves from all these people and situations that we feel we're obligated to them, but we're not. Now, mind you, if he's a non-Muslim and, and he doesn't understand what you're talking about, he'd be like, what, what, your dad, what? you just be like, you know, I'm really busy lately. I'm so sorry. I'm not able to talk via text or actually I'm Muslim. And, you know, see, most of the time the problem isn't the guy. Most of the problem is us. We just don't know how to say no. We don't know how to say anything because we feel bad. But we don't feel bad hurting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know why? Because Allah's not in front of us. Oh, Allah's going to be okay. He understands. No, he doesn't. He doesn't understand why you're talking to that guy. No, he doesn't. He gives you food and water and shelter whether you pray or not. When you're sick, he makes you better. When you need a shoulder to cry on, even though you've neglected every part of your ibadah you know you need, he is there for you. Does he not deserve even the smallest decency of respect? to follow any obligations. And he's made these rules to protect us, ladies. So in terms of obligation today, I just want to say, sometimes we have them all wrong. We make up in our head what's, what our obligations are, and there's, they're based on no facts, no dalil, no rulings, no anything. And then we wonder why we get in all types of precarious situations, emotionally, psychologically. Oh, I'm suffering. Oftentimes our suffering is from ourselves. I've learned this myself the hard way. Alhamdulillah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy. If you need any advice and help on any of these things, my advice to you is don't stay alone because like if you've heard the previous podcast, which I would suggest you listen to after this one, shaitan is trying to get you alone. He wants you to feel hopeless and he wants you to feel like you have nothing to do but X, Y, Z that he wants you to do. So subhanAllah, reach out for help. Help is here. My website is www.mindful-muslima.com you can DM me on Instagram at MindfulMuslima. We can do a consultation call. We can chat. Or if you want to jump in the challenge we have, or if you want to jump in a free class we have, they're there on the website. I have tons of free resources. Do something for yourself, sis. Don't stay stuck like this. A lot of the things that we think are unfixable are actually very fixable. And it's shocking how long you live in separation for no reason. Remember what we said. Pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional. You choose. All right, ladies, I'll talk to you in the next one. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.